together from the book of Second um, Kings chapter 4 from verse number 30 the Bible reads as follows Mantala Proshata Kabahaya Menteki Broskata Vasonto Rodolande but the child's mother said, As surely as the Lord, as surely as the Lord live and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and said, and laid the staff on the boy's face. But there was no sound or respond. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him the boy has not awakened. Verse number 33. He went in and shut the door and two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the, bo on the boy mouth to mouth eyes to eyes, hands to hands, as he stretched himself on out on him. The boy's body grew warm. Elisha returned away and walked back and forth in a room. In a room. Mantala Pasunta. And got onto the bed and stretched out at once. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha Simon Gehazi called the Shunammite. And he did. When the Shunammite came in, he said, came, he said Take your son. He came in and fell at his feet and bowed down to the ground. Then he took his son and went out. Hallelujah. Then, first of all, the Bible says in the book of verse number 30 of, um, of 2 Kings chapter 4. But the child's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed him. You know, you know, remember on this scenario where we are at, it was the time that the son whom God has blessed, the Shunammite, has died. And the Shunammite has arrived in the mountain where the man of God was. And by this time, the Bible said that the man of God have sent his servant, Gehazi. So Gehazi, go. As you go, take, take the staff. As you take the staff, this was the staff that the man of God uses. Because let me tell you this. Anointing is like this. 
anything that you it is attached to you that thing becomes to be anointed anything attached to you if you are anointed when you are anointed that thing becomes what anointed then the man of god is using the staff to say that go and take this staff and lay it on the boy the boy will come back to life because he know that he have been using this stuff all along in he have been to lots of places with this stuff when he was in prayer when he was doing lots of things this stuff is anointed the power of the holy ghost is in the stuff like the stuff of moses the stuff of moses also the stuff was anointed that's why when he when he had to perform some miracle moses god will say that use the stuff why the staff was anointing because anointed anointing it is impartable it is transferable power of the holy spirit it is transferable you can you know that's why sometimes we have prayed for the anointing water anointed water god use water to heal because we have transferred power to water sometimes we have used the power transfer power uh to to the handkerchief handkerchief performed miracle to the sticker the sticker performed miracle then now on this time uh, on this time there is a phone which is on the loudspeaker then now the man of god he send gehazi and say gehazi go with the staff take this staff put it on this on the son of the shunamite he will come back to life and the bible say that actually the man of god expected the woman to leave to follow gehazi because he have given solution to gehazi hallelujah amen but the bible said that in verse number 30 But the child's mother said as surely as the Lord live and as you live I will not leave you so he got up and followed you know there is an attitude of receiving a miracle there is an attitude if you use this attitude this strategy you will surely get a miracle you know this woman she was not here to negotiate and she was not doubting whether I will get a miracle she knew that my hey this the man of god has to perform a miracle my son have to come back to life by fire by force she was not even doubting whether my son is going to come back to life she knew that my son is going to come back to life she is not testing waters that's why even though she is told that okay go with gehazi she said no if i don't know about gehazi i don't really know i don't really trust gehazi but i know you i trust you if you go with me my son will come back that's why she does not is not even taking no for an answer an attitude of getting a miracle is when you reach a level where you don't take no for an answer i don't know whether you are hearing what i'm saying some the problem with certain people sometimes it is you find that those people they are they are they are testing waters i don't know whether you are here i'm saying they're doing what they are testing waters 
they are not really, uh, they are saying, okay, uh, it's a prayer request, but I want to see whether this thing is going to work. This, they are, we're going to see whether this thing is going to work. I will see whether this thing is going to work. It's not enough. What you need, attitude that you need to get a miracle is that this thing have to work. This is, um, you, you know the answer before the prayer has been given. You know the answer, the result of what is going to happen even after. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. You know, you, like the, you are like the woman with an issue of blood. The woman with an issue of blood, she told herself that if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She doesn't say that maybe I will be better. Maybe I will see when I touch the hem of garment. She know exactly if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed by fire, by force. This time she's saying that I don't even care whether I've got his attention, whether he notices me or not. He, she knows that if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. I don't care who says what. I don't care whether he sees me. And the Bible said that when she go with this kind of an attitude, Jesus Christ could feel that anointing flowing. And he said that, hey, somebody touch me. There's somebody who touched me. And by this time, there was no one person who was touching Jesus. There was the whole crowd. There was the whole crowd. The whole crowd. Everybody squeezing Jesus. The disciples are wondering, why do you, what do you mean, Master, when you say that somebody touched me? Say that, yes, there is somebody who touched me. Somebody touched me by an attitude of faith. And they, are, and they pulled the anointing with a demand. That's why Jesus Christ saying that somebody touch me because of the attitude of this woman. Hallelujah. Amen. This kind of an attitude when you are, hey, you are taking it by force. You are, you don't, you are not negotiating. Like this woman, she is not doubting. She knows that I have to get a miracle no matter what. It's the same thing that the Bible said that there was a, another woman. This woman, the Bible said that she's a Seraphinicious woman. The Bible said that this woman, Seraphinicious woman, the Bible said that this woman, the daughter was demon-possessed. When the daughter was demon-possessed, when she's trying to approach Jesus, the Bible said that the disciples said they were trying to stop her. They were trying to stop, but she kept on pressing. She kept on telling that I want, to, I have to see him today. If Jesus does not help, nobody can help me. You know, you know that, that is the best attitude when you are looking for for. For solution from God. When you are desperate and you know that God is your last bus stop. But most of the people, people with options, they don't get their miracle because they say, ah, if God does not do this, the doctor is still there. If God does not do this, yes, the doctors are still there. Then this person will not come, hey, with their heart 100%. They will be coming with the 50%. They are coming with the 50%. They are not disparate. They are just trying and testing waters whether it will work. But somebody who was like this woman who know that, hey, hey, a child, 
if Elisha does not go with, hey, a child is dead, is dead. Somebody like this Serephinicious woman who knows that, hey, if Jesus does not deliver her, nobody will deliver her. Hey, this person will not take no for an answer. This person will come with the whole of their heart. They will do everything because they know that the solution is found in the presence of God. It's in the Lord. And that's why the Bible said that the Serephinicious woman, Jesus, even when this lady was allowed to come to, to approach Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus said that, okay, I've come, I'm sent to go to the children of Israel. That's where I'm sent to. That's where I'm sent. I'm sent to minister to the children of Israel. If you were the children of Israel, I was going to take care of you. I was going to take care of you. Then I'm not, that's what I'm sent to. And she, Jesus Christ called a, a dog, said that, no, you can't give the bread of the children to dogs. Then Jesus Christ is trying to find out how serious is she? How serious is she? How far, how much does she believe? He's brushing her off not to brush her off. He's brushing her off to see how serious she is. How much does she mean the business? And the Bible said that when he, she's put all through all these tests, this woman said that even, even the dogs can eat the food that fall from the master's table. Oh, Jesus Christ, when you hear that, he said that I've not ever had such kind of faith. And Jesus Christ said to the woman, go, your daughter is well. Your daughter is well. I was not really brushing you off. I wanted to find you out, to find out how much serious are you? How much do you mean the business? And the Bible said that till she went away happy and the doctor, daughter was well because of what? Because of your faith. And I can tell here, when Elisha saw this woman say that, hey, I'm not going to let you go until you go with me and you solve my problem. Elisha was not disappointed. Elisha was happy. Elisha was happy because when you are about to perform a miracle, you need faith. You need faith. And if you find with somebody with faith, the Bible says, if you can, all things are possible to them that believe. Then some of the stuff you, you do, sometimes you tell somebody, get a seed. You, 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 sometimes you are saying all these things to see some faith. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. To see some faith, a person who is serious will, will stick and will do the instruction. But the person who's taking water said, hey, no, 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 hey, this like they are, they are looking for money, these people, they are not really serious. And that person will walk off because they, are, they were tasting water, they were not serious. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. But a woman like this, who mean the business, oh, you know that, you know that this person is about to get the miracle because they've got what it takes to receive a miracle. They've got faith. They've got faith. 
But the problem with somebody who's testing water, they don't have faith. They are taking chances. And the people who are taking chances most of the time, that's why sooner or later they give up. Sooner or later they give up because they will try. They, they, inside them, they, they knew that this thing is not going to work. Hey. Whereas when somebody is looking for a miracle, inside of them they must know that there is no way this thing is not going to work. This thing is going to work. There is no way this prayer is not going to work. There is no way I'm not going to get inside a person who is ready for a miracle. It must be that. When this person knows that there is no way today, I'm not going to get my help. But somebody who is taking chances, they go like, no, I knew, I knew. I, they, there's that thing that said that I, I knew it's not going to work. Whereas... When you are the child of God, you must know exactly that this thing is going to do what? It's going to work. And by when you say it, exactly that is going to do what? It's going to happen. Like the woman with an issue of blood. The Bible said that she told herself in herself that, Hey, if I just touch the hem of his garment, not maybe. If I just touch the hem of his garment, what's going to happen? I'm going to be free. I'm going to be healed. And indeed, she was healed. Hallelujah. Amen. And another portion of this verse, which is so interesting, is how. You know, the Bible says that when Gehazi was sent, he did what he did. He tried to put the, the staff on the face of the sun. But the Bible says that the son of that, that woman did not come back to life. Did not work. And the problem, it might be Gehazi's faith. Gehazi's faith is a problem. Because Gehazi have been sent out with the anointing. Have been sent out with power. And anointing, hey, anointing. One, one, if anointing has been sent out, only thing that is looking for to cause the miracle to happen is faith. That's all. Anointing and faith causes miracles to happen. Then, when Gehazi did not really believe on what he was doing, the son could not come back to life. But let me tell you this. In Christ and in the office in Christ, there is no one's, one, one, one formula to get a miracle. There are plenty. You know, when I was reading now just before the service, I was, I was thinking about it. It is like when, you, when there is a doctor... The doctor does not have one style to minister, to minister medication. He can use a syringe, which is injection. He can use a tablet. He can use a syrup. Then it's the same way. If the lame of the stuff doesn't work, there is another way that works. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. There is another way that works. That's why when it did not work, the Bible said that Elisha did not say, now this is now impossible. The Bible said that no. He said that, okay, let, let me just enter. He entered alone now to make sure that he exercised now his faith alone without any disruption. The same thing that Jesus Christ did. The Bible said that when he entered the house of Jairus, when he was supposed to raise the dead, the Bible said there were people who were crying in there. When there were people who were crying in there, when he enters, he says, no, the child is not dead. He's asleep. 
They laughed. They said, what do you mean? She's the child is not dead, he's asleep. We have tested, we have tried, the body's cold. They laughed and he chased them out. He entered with Peter, James and John. When he chased them out, when he arrived there, he wanted that he is entering with the people with faith who, be, who knows him, who knows what he is doing. And the Bible said that he holds the child by the hand, said, Talita kum. And the daughter, the little girl came back to life. Hallelujah. Amen. Then also, he entered alone to make sure that now his faith is not distracted. He wanted to perform a miracle. But the Bible said the first time he laid, he prayed, he laid. When he prayed, he laid on the sun. Did not say, he did not, the sun did not come back the, second, the first time. He had to do it more until the body became warm. And when the body became warm, the Bible said that he began to walk around. He began to walk around. When he was walking around, now the child began to sneeze. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm saying to you, as a child of God, as a Christian, you must have this kind of an attitude where you say that it is not over until God says it's over. I'm saying to you, it is impossible for prayer not to work. It is impossible for the power of God not to work. Until you see the answer, you don't give up. It's either we, we use other formulas, other formulas of the kingdom until we say the results. Until we see the miracle that we are praying for. Persistent is the key. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that by the end of the day, what the Shunammite was crying for, it was done. The baby, the child came back to life. I'm saying to us this afternoon, I don't know what is dead in your life. I don't know what he has been looking for, for this thing to happen. But I'm saying to you this afternoon, it is not over until God says it's over. And I say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command it to come back to life in Jesus' name. Amen. I command everything to turn around for our good in Jesus' name. Amen. I speak as a servant of God. I say at the end of the day we will celebrate in Jesus' name. And I say this afternoon, we refuse to take no for an answer in Jesus' name. Because it's a midday service, can you say, my day is blessed. My day is blessed. My family is blessed. My family is blessed. My career is blessed. My career is blessed. Our countries are blessed. Say, I command. Let everything turn around for our good in Jesus' name. Say, today is a success. In the name of Jesus. Say, no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. I will never be poor in my life. Say, I am rich. 
Favor is mine. Success is mine. In the name of Jesus. Say, devil, take off your hand from my life, from my family, from my career, from my everything. Say, angels. Usher me. Everywhere I go. In everything that I do. Say everywhere where I need help. Everywhere where I need a miracle. Angels appear. And cause everything to turn around for my good. In the name of Jesus. Say, I lose angels now. Angels, bring my miracles. My testimonies, my blessings, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. A prayer book. Have a prayer book. Have a prayer book that when you pray, you lay your hands on that prayer book. Part of the prayer book, you write your prayer request. In your prayer request, you even write your long-term prayer request and your short-term prayer request. Short-term prayer request, it may be a prayer request that you want God to cover now. Long-term prayer request is a prayer request that you want God to touch. It can, even if he he does it after 10 years, no problem. After 15 years, not a problem. But it's a long-term prayer prayer request. Hallelujah. Amen. That prayer request, during the prayer, you carry that prayer request. And when you carry that prayer request during prayer, you want God to notice that prayer request. You want God to touch that prayer request Amen. during prayer. That's Amen. why that prayer book, you must be having it during your prayer time. Hallelujah. Amen. Then I've told you about sometimes on that prayer book, have, have uh, you know, the names of the people that you want God to touch. First of all, it can be the name of your family members. The names, all of them, sometimes the name of the churches. Sometimes the name of the country, the name of the companies that you want God to touch. The name, as you are praying there, the day that you, 
God have to bless you through that company. You're not going to be struggled. There will be enough grace to cause things to happen for your good in that in that country or on that company. Hallelujah. It's very, very much important, you know, to have that prayer, which I call it a prayer book. Then today during prayer, I heard God saying, uh, talking about this, one or two things before we can go to the word of God. You will never get tired. That's one thing that God said. You will never get tired. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Another thing the Lord said, I will be your energizer. Amen. Another Amen. thing that you have said that I will be your prosperity. Amen. Another thing the Lord have said, he said that I will be your defender. Amen. That means God is saying that you are not just praying for nothing. You are not seeking me for in vain. He will do those things. Hallelujah. Amen. Then tonight we'll be going straight to the word of God again. God told me as we are going through the, the word of God, he will speak. Then that's something that you must realize when we are, when we are giving the word of God that sometimes we are meditating on the logos, on the written word of God, waiting for God to speak to us. I don't know whether you hear what I'm saying. Sometimes what, what we are reading is not what, is not what God is about to say to us. It is when what we are meditating upon the word and he begin to speak. Then sometimes when we start by giving, going through the word of God, is so that we are meditating. It's like we are waiting for him to speak. Sometimes you have not spoken yet. Sometimes you have not yet spoken yet. We are going through what he has said before. We are going through, first of all, his holy scriptures. As we are meditating on the holy word of God, written word of God, that in the midst of med meditation, God speaks. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Meaning that sometimes in a sermon, you are waiting for the time when the Lord will speak. Then sometimes it's not even the whole sermon. That is going to, you, you, the message that he want to give to you. Sometimes it's just one sentence which you will hear and it will change your situation. Which will you will hear it will change your future. Amen. Which you will hear it will begin to, to, to set things right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Then sometimes word of God is meditation. And as we meditate, we are waiting for him to speak. I've realized that in every sermon, there's a place where God begins to speak, where God takes over. Sometimes when we start, we're just starting afresh. We're starting to meditate. We're meditating upon that word. So now later, there's time that I can, even myself, I can tell that now in this word, God is taken over. The message is no longer my, it's no longer our message. It has become his message. 
then that means be alert of that in the word of God. Be expected of that in the word of God. That in the word of God, God will speak. And what that's what's going to happen tonight. That God said tonight, when we speak, when we're going to be meditating on this word of tonight, he will speak to us. I'm waiting for that. Okay, let us go straight to the word of God. What the verse that we shared today from the book of John chapter 1, from verse number 8. He himself was not the light. He came only to witness to the light. The true light gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world and and though the world was made through him, the world did not receive him, recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children not born of natural descendants, nor of human decision, nor or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and make his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Okay, verse number eight, the Bible says that he himself was not the light. He came only to witness to light, to the light. You know, you will not really understand verse number eight if um, we don't really start from verse number six. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to witness and to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. Okay. That means the Bible here, first of all, is talking about John. That there was a man who was sent from God. This man's name was John. It's talking about John the Baptist. That John was sent from God. When he was sent from God, his main duty was to introduce Messiah. He was introduced the light. He was intro to introduce Jesus Christ. But he himself was not the Messiah. He was sent to represent, to talk about the Messiah, to introduce the Messiah. Hallelujah. Amen. John's special assignment was to do what? Was to introduce the Messiah. Was to introduce Jesus Christ to the world. Yet, he was not the Lord himself. He was here to talk about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <clears throat> to introduce that he is the one. Then that means John was an introducer. He was introducer of Jesus Christ. He did many things, John, in his ministry. He baptized lots. 
many people repented. But the main purpose of his ministry was only to introduce Jesus to say that, hey, the one that other prophets have prophesied about that is going to come. The one who, other, other one who have talked about that, hey, the Messiah is going to come. Now he have come. Jesus Christ have come. This is the one whom the sandals are not worthy to untie. He was there to say that this one is the one that look at the Lamb of God who came to take away all the sins of the whole world. That was his main purpose, to introduce Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He was here to introduce Jesus Christ. Wow, what a work. What a work. What a wonderful work to introduce. No wonder after when he have introduced Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how he left this world, he left this world. Because the main purpose of his life was to introduce Jesus Christ. That's all. He was here to introduce Jesus. I want you to get that one. He was here to only introduce Jesus. And you know what Jesus Christ said about John? Stand up. What Jesus Christ said about John? Jesus said, John is the greatest prophet. So that there is no one greater than John among those who are born by women. John was the greatest prophet of all of the, of the Old Testament. He was the greatest prophet. Because of the job that he was going coming to do to introduce Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when we say that John was the greatest prophet, yet John, there was no record that he performed any miracle. There's no record of that. There was no record that he performed any miracle instead of something that he did which was special. He baptized. Yet John, the Bible said that was what? Was the greatest prophet. You know why John was the greatest prophet? What others talk about and did not see, John saw. They talk about the coming of Jesus Christ, but they don't see Jesus. John saw Jesus. And he had the privilege to introduce Jesus, to baptize Jesus himself. Amen. That made him to be so special. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm saying to you, also me and you, if you have a privilege to introduce Jesus Christ in your life, you become special. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. If you have got the privilege to talk about him, to represent him, you are special. That's why the Bible said that Jesus said that whoever will talk about me before men, I also will talk about him before my Father in heaven. And Jesus said that whoever will be ashamed of me before others, I also will be ashamed of him before my Father in heaven. But he said that whoever will talk about me before others, I also will talk about him before my Father in heaven. 
Because when you talk about him, you become special. But there's something there about John. The Bible said that even the least in the kingdom is greater than he. Do you know why the Bible said that even the least in the kingdom is greater than he? The least in the kingdom, anybody who has to be born, who is born again, is the least in the kingdom. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. The Bible, Jesus said that the least in the kingdom is greater than the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Who that person was who? Was John. Amen. I don't know whether you are getting that one. Amen. Jesus, the least, the very least in the kingdom is greater than the greatest prophet of all, which is John the Baptist. The least in the kingdom. Me and you who are born again. I want you to get that one that you are in the kingdom you are those who are in the kingdom we are greater than john the baptist and greater than all the prophets of the old testament because we are what we are born again john was not born again the prophets of the old testament they were not born again me and you we are born again that means me and you we have received the the god kind of life we have received the God kind of life. Jesus Christ is in you. They do not have Jesus in them. Me and you, we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. He's inside of me. He's inside of you. Yet, no matter Amen. how God used them in the Old Testament, they do not have Jesus in their heart. Amen. But look, me and you, we have got Jesus Christ in our hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Then you find that there are Christians who doesn't understand these things. Who doesn't understand who they are in Christ. Who we have become. And you find that the whole Christian want to be like a prophet of Old Testament. The whole Christian. If any Christian want to be like, want to be, there's nothing wrong if you want to achieve what they have achieved. But if you want to be like those of the Old Testament, it's because you don't know who you are in Christ. That in Christ, hey, in Christ, you have received the God kind of life. You are the child of the living God. You are the son of the living God. Amen. That's why the Bible is saying... The Bible is saying in the book of um, John chapter 1, verse number 12 and verse number 13. The Bible says that, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children not born of natural descent and of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Yet to all who did receive him. To those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of the real children of God. Amen. You are the Amen. child of the living God. Amen. Jesus Christ is Amen. not only the Lord, he is your brother. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. Then that's why 
if you want to be those of the old testament most of the time it's like you are you are downgrading it's like you are downgrading because you have received the higher grace of being what the child of the living god amen hallelujah amen amen yeah that's what jesus said that even the least in the kingdom is greater than me. He's talking about the least. Somebody who just entered the kingdom. Somebody who's just born again. Who have not done anything. Jesus Christ, they are greater than John. And John is not just anybody. He's the prophet. The, the Bible, Jesus, when he referred to John, he's, he's the greatest of them all. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. If you know that you are, you have received this wonderful grace, that in the New Testament you are greater than John. The man, hey, Makala Bruskata Bahaya. Let's read Amen. verse number six so that you can understand very well what I'm talking about. The Bible said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Let me tell you this. The person who the Bible, Jesus Christ said that you are greater than he. The Bible said that this man was sent from God. This man was sent. He was not sent from someone. He was sent from above. He was sent from heaven. Yet the Bible said that you are greater than he. Amen. You are greater than he. Because you are not only sent from heaven, you and me. We are from heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know whether we are from what? We are from heaven. Amen. Let me tell you this. You, the real you, is not this body you are talking, you are thinking about. Even John was having this body like me and you. But what the Bible said that he was sent from heaven, it was his inner person, his spirit. Then when you talk about this outer body, yes, is the one that was, which were born physically from our parents. But the inner person was coming from what? From God, was coming from heaven. Then also you and me, we belong to heaven. We are from heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you say I'm from heaven? I'm from heaven. I am a heavenly citizen. I am a heavenly citizen. In the name of Jesus. Somebody may be saying that, where are you coming from? Talking about these countries and stuff like that. We are from above. We are not Amen. of this world. We are coming from what? Amen. We are coming from above. We are the children of Amen. the Most High. We are the children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what the Bible says, I repeat. John chapter 1, verse number 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. We have been given the right to be the children of the living God. We are the children of the living God. 
Papa God is our Father. Hallelujah. Even that's why one day the Bible said that his disciples, they say that Jesus teach us how to pray. When they say teach us how to pray, he said that, say that my father, our father who art in heaven. Our father who art in heaven. Even when he came back to life, he said that, go to my brothers and tell them, to my brothers and tell them, and say that I'm going to my father, your father, to my God, and to your God, because through his grace, through his life, through his blood, we have become the children of the living God. Amen. And this Amen. is something that you and me as a Christian, we must be conscious about. Yeah. We must be conscious about. It must not be something that you become conscious when you when you go to the service, when you start praying. It must be something that you, you are aware and you are conscious of 24 hours a day, seven days yeah. a week, 365 days a year. Because you are heaven citizenship and you are child, you are God, that you are the son of God. It comes with the spiritual blessings and spiritual benefits. That those spiritual blessings and benefits, you access them by faith. You access them by what? By faith. You don't access them by, hey, that it is just natural. No! You access those benefits by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. And part of accessing them is when you are aware of it. When you are aware of it, now let, let me tell you something. You know, when you are aware of it, you will be aware that you are a child of the living God more than you are aware of your surname. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. More than you are aware of your surname. More than you are aware. You know, in the Bible, it's, you know, most of all, you, you find that they did not talk about mostly the surnames. If you're reading it, you will understand that, that um, few people, that's where they will say Mary Magdalene, but it's talking about their past. Just to make sure that to differentiate maybe from Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. Um, Bartimeo, son of Timaeus, it just is, is, is his introduction. But when he talks about Apostle Peter, Apostle Peter who? Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul who? Because their names were important. But their surnames were in Christ when they're born again. I want you to get that one. Before they're born again, yes. Before they're born again, yes. Their surnames were important. But once they're born again, their surnames are not important because their surnames are in Christ because they're the children of God. Amen. When then you can only be 
aware of your surname. If you are trying to claim earthly benefits of your surname, of your family ship, but if you are claiming of uh, things of above, they are you in Christ. They are swallowed by our in Christ. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Amen. They are swallowed. If you want to claim heavenly thing, is that you are in Christ. That's what matters the most. You are in Christ. Then that's what the Bible to those who God begin to use. It was mostly the most that you are born again. Amen. You are in Christ. After that, you are a heavenly citizen. And I want, it's important that we begin to think that way and we begin to act that way. Because the moment you begin to think that way, that's when you begin to claim what your father owns. Your father whom it's God Almighty, the Bible says that he's the creator of heaven and the earth. Amen. That must blow your mind. That must blow your mind. Just to know that you are Father. The Bible says He is the Creator of heaven and the earth. Can we just go to the book of uh, of Psalm twenty four? I want to show you something there. Twenty four, verse number one. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It's talking about our Father here now. That the earth is the Lord and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Let me tell you this. If you hold on unto your earthly citizenship and your, your familyhood, that's when you will find that, okay, let's say maybe on the earthly origin, your surname is Nebutanda like mine. Nebutandas, they are from a place called Venda. You will be bound with Venda for the rest of your life. And that's what you're going to be thinking about because it's associated with the previous portion of the world. But if your father, who is in heaven, who created heaven and earth, you will be knowing that the whole world belongs to my father and you will be claiming the whole world thereof. You are not bound to a certain region. I don't know whether you're hearing what I'm saying. Everything belongs to your father. The moment you begin to think that way is the end of your struggle. Many people are struggling in life because they are holding the most on their earthly identity than their heavenly identity. In our earthly identity, there is full of struggles because you say, I'm still looking for connection. But if now you are connected with the greater than the greatest, the creator of heaven and the earth, your father who owns everything. Hallelujah. And I can assure you, if you know that God Almighty is your father, you are from above, and you begin to believe that way, to to practice that way, to pray that way, I'm telling you, your prayer life is going to change. It will be instead of, instead of, hey, I'm looking for a job in the mine. (laughs) 
You will be going like, I'm, God, give me a mind. I don't know whether you hear what I'm saying. Amen. You will be saying, God, give me a mind. Why are you asking for a mind? Because your father created heaven and the earth. Then a job is too small. A job is too small from our father. Because imagine Amen. from the whole world that your father owns. And you say, hi, if, if, if now maybe you belong to, you are still thinking like you belong to the world, you will be asking God, give me a house. It's too small. But if you know your father owns heaven and earth, you will be asking for the whole estate. Father, give me the estate. Because the, the, the earth is too big. How can you ask for something so small? I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Our Father owns heaven and the earth. And I want you to begin to think that way. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Yes, our Father owns heaven and the earth. He doesn't own a village he owns the whole earth including china including india including america he owns everything begin to think that way okay can you just go tonight to the book of galatians chapter 4 i want to show you something there Galatians chapter 4, let us read from verse number 1 going downwards. The Bible says that what I'm saying is that um, as long as the hair is under age, it's not different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the hair is subjected to the guardians and trustees until the set time by his father. So also... We are under age. We were slavery under the elementary forces, elementary spiritual forces of the world. But God, okay, this one is talking about you are a Christian, your father owns everything. But unless you grow in knowledge, you grow in the relationship with God, you are not different from a servant. You are not different from those who are in the world. When you don't know these things that your father, when you don't know, and when you have not fully grown in the things of the spirit, you are you cannot be trusted with what the father owns. That is important that we grow in, in Christ, in the word, in understanding him. We grow in the relationship with him we grow in fellowship with him, then he can begin to entrust things, us things, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Because we would have grown in Christ, hallelujah. Amen. That's why Amen. what I'm saying is that as long as the hair is under age, it's not different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate. He's saying that, let's say, that, you know, you know, let's say this, there is a, a certain man this man is very rich, but you have got the child who's two years old, three years old, 
even though he want to give five cars to his child do you think he can give he can give those five cars to his to the two year old son absolutely not he will wait for that child to do what to grow up and when that child has grown up he will give that child to be in charge of what belongs to him i don't know whether you hear what i'm saying Amen. then also in christ our father owns everything everything belongs to our father but we have to grow up in authority we have to grow up in fellowship with him we have to grow up in knowledge and sooner or later there are things that is going to begin to give us to be in charge of but begin to think that you are you are your father the most is your heavenly father i don't know whether you are hearing what i'm saying Amen. by that only lots of barriers will fall off i don't know lots of limitation but if you begin to think that way act that way believe that way lots of barriers will automatically fall off i don't know whether you are hearing what i'm saying Then you think when you know that your father it's uh, uh, I'm not saying I'm saying when you think when you know that your father is God the creator of heaven and earth the greater I am do you think who can stop you no one amen hallelujah amen if your father is God almighty who can be with you <laughs> Amen. I don't know whether Amen. who can be with you. Amen. No one. Amen. If you know your father is God, can a sickness affect your life? Which sickness? How? No. no. Yeah. Now I'm saying to if you if you can be aware of it and you believe this from today. Many 99% of all attacks falling off. I'm, our Father who art in heaven, I'm talking about, is the one whom the Bible says all things are possible with God. That thing that you used to think about and you think about for you to own this petrol station, to own this petrol station, maybe this thing is too big for you. You're not going to think it's too big. It's nothing. It's just one of them. And after that, you're not going to claim one. You're going to claim 10 of them. 20 of them. Because your father is too big. All the barriers of impossibility, they will fall off. Let me tell you this. The problem of many people is that they are looking in many situations by the physical eyes but the natural eyes yeah it's about it's about the time we see things from above Amen. you begin to think like a god Amen. i don't know whether you are hearing what i'm saying Amen. god give birth to a god a dog give birth to a dog monkey give birth to a monkey lion give birth to a lion then also you your gods begin to stay like god hallelujah amen and i can assure you many 
any limitation when you begin to think this way, they will just automatically fall off. And everything will begin to be possible with you also. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. It's about time. We take over the world and we rule with the Father, the what? The whole world. When we begin to think and act like his children, but the problem is that many who are God's children, they are thinking, they are planning, they are acting like mere men. They are acting like men. They are competing like men. Can't you know? We are from above. We are from heaven. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Can you say I'm from above? I am from above. I'm from above. I'm from above. I am from heaven. I am unstoppable. I am unstoppable. Unkillable. Undestructible. Do you see now you cannot be sick? Do you see now? When you say, I will never be sick. You are the child of the living God. Can a God? Do you think there was a day in heaven they said that Papa God today is not feeling well in heaven? There is nothing like that. It doesn't exist. Amen. I don't know what I'm saying. Amen. There is no day they say, oh, Papa God cannot answer prayer. It's not well today. Heaven, there is no day like that. Papa God is forever healthy. He's forever powerful. He's uh, forever glorious. Also, if Papa God cannot be sick, therefore we can't be sick. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There is no time when they say that God is poor. He can never be poor. Then that's why I'm saying today, where is poverty coming from? Can you say I will never be poor in my life? We can never be poor. Why? We are from above. There is no poverty where we come from. Palabaya. Yeah. There is Amen. no poverty where we come from. In our in our heavenly family, we are rich. The streets are made out of gold. Amen. And because this world belongs to our Father, therefore we claim and we shall experience the best of the land in Jesus' name. Amen. It's time. It's about time. And you plan to have houses all over the world. Plan to have houses all over the world. Amen. Yes, plan it. You are a child. Begin to think it. Begin to believe it. Amen. In the spirit, no limit. Everything belongs to our Father. Amen. I'm telling you, even when you arrive on that country, Hey, these things, whether you belong to this country, it in the spirit as a child, it does not exist. The whole, ah, why do you limit yourself to that country that which your physical person has been born? No, we don't limit ourselves. Our father created heaven and the earth. Then doesn't matter which country they name which name. All of these countries belongs to our father. 
Therefore, we are growing and we're going to take our rightful possession and we're going to take off, take them. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know whether you are hearing what Amen. I'm saying. Amen. Can you say no more limitation in my life? No more, no more limitation in my life. No more barriers in my life. I am unstoppable. In the name of Jesus. Do you know that what our father has said? He said, all the silver and gold belongs to me. That's Papa God. He said that silver and gold is mine. Amen. Then silver, if silver and gold it belongs to our Father, so it is ours. Amen. Amen. The, the silver and the gold is the best of every land. It's all the it's ours. That company Amen. owning the mine, they are mining your minerals there. Begin Amen. to think that way. That's why you need to be a shareholder. They can just they can just take those. You have to be a shareholder there. You have to be a director of that company. Begin to think and believe it. And you shall see it because Amen. it is so in the spirit. Amen. That it shall be so in the physical. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what you have heard, what we have heard tonight. What we have heard tonight, if you believe these things tonight. Oh, you are, I don't know where you are going to be. I don't know. What you, what, you, what you have received today is more than a prayer. Amen. If you know this and you believe this and you experience this, wow. I'm saying to you, your prayer life is going to change completely. Amen. Because you are the child of God, who's the creator of heaven and earth. And that's what you need to be aware of. That's what you must believe. And that's what you must begin to act. When you know that your father is the one who put in prison, you know that this prison, we have put him with our father. Amen. Listen to me. He, our Father is the one who's blessing everyone in this world. He's the one. Then you will realize that those who think they are on top, they are subjected to you. Amen. I don't know whether you are hearing saying. Amen. They think they are on top, but they are what? They are subjected to you because. They are working for your father's company. Hey. Hey. Your father is the one who's the greater than the greatest. Mightier than the mightiest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Say I am big. I am the head. I am not the tail. In the name of Jesus. Just pray tonight, praying for the manifestation of these things in your life. For you to believe these things too much, begin to pray, begin to pray. 
I want to say to you, congratulations, hallelujah. From his presence, just claim every blessing that you want. Claim every blessing you want. Every blessing you want. Claim everything that belongs to our Father. Claim those cars, claim those houses. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. As we are wrapping up, I just want to say this something emergency we're gonna have an emergency fasting next week from tuesday thursday tuesday wednesday thursday friday for for the four days it's not it has nothing to do with the month other month is emergency fasting Amen. we are going to be praying and fasting for the king his kingdom to manifest in our lives Amen. Amen. We want this Amen. in this time. Let your kingdom manifest in our lives. Amen. Amen. That is for that uh, four days. And let us remind each other from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm. Friday. How is gonna be happening this uh, prayer and fasting? Gonna be only fasting from twelve o'clock midnight until six o'clock in the evening and you will be eating in the evening hallelujah amen you will be eating in the evening during the day those who can't you can you can drink but those who can you can go dry is fine that's going to be happening for four days for the whole four days tuesday until friday and uh, we are combining it as we are uh, going to be having a special service special weekend that following week 
We are saying that on that on that special service of that end of the month, we are praying for the kingdom of God to manifest in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. For this special service that's going to be there in Musina, we're praying for it at uh, the same time that after that, things must, on that it must happen in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wow, what I've heard today, wow, uh, I, I, I'm, I can tell the Lord was telling us this is another thing. Anyway, because of the kind of the net. Can we share the grace? Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. A prayer book. Have a prayer book. Have a prayer book that when you pray, you lay your hands on that prayer book. Part of the prayer book, you write your prayer request. In your prayer request, you even write your long-term prayer request and your short-term prayer request. Short-term prayer request, it may be a prayer request that you want God to cover now. Long-term prayer request is a prayer request that you want God to touch. It can, even if he, he does it at, uh, after 10 years, no problem. After 15 years, not a problem. But it's a long-term prayer prayer request. Hallelujah. Amen. That prayer request, during the prayer, you carry that prayer request. And when you carry that prayer request during prayer, you want God to notice that prayer request. You want God to touch that prayer request Amen. during prayer. That's Amen. why that prayer book, you must be having it during your prayer time. Hallelujah. Amen. Then I've told you about sometimes on that prayer book, have, have um, you know, the names of the people that you want God to touch. First of all, it can be the name of your family members. The names, all of them, sometimes the name of the churches. Sometimes the name of the country, the name of the companies that you want God to touch. The name, as you are praying there, you, the day that you, God have to bless you through that company, you're not going to be struggled. There will be enough grace to cause things to happen for your good in that, in that country or on that company. Hallelujah. Amen. It's very, very much important, you know, to have that prayer, which I call it a prayer book. Then today, during prayer, I heard God saying, uh, talking about this, one or two things before we can go to the Word of God. You will never get tired. That's one thing that God said. You will never get tired. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Another thing the Lord said, I will be your energizer. Amen. Another Amen. thing that you have said that I will be your prosperity. Amen. 
Another thing the Lord has said, he said that I will be your defender. Amen. That means God is saying that you are not just praying for nothing. You are not seeking me for in vain. He will do those things. Hallelujah. Then tonight we'll be going straight to the word of God again. God told me as we are going through the, the word of God, he will speak. Then that's something that you must realize when we are when we are giving the word of God. That sometimes we are meditating on the logos, on the written word of God, waiting for God to speak to us. I don't know whether you hear what I'm saying. Sometimes what, what we are reading is not what is not what God is about to say to us. Amen. It is when what we are meditating upon the word and he begin to speak. Then sometimes when we start by giving, going through the word of God, is so that we are meditating. It's like we are waiting for him to speak. Sometimes you have not spoken yet. Sometimes you have not yet spoken yet. We are going through what he has said before. We are going through, first of all, his holy scriptures. As we are meditating on the holy word of God, written word of God, then in the midst of meditation, God speaks. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Meaning that sometimes in a sermon, you are waiting for the time when the Lord will speak. Then sometimes it's not even the whole sermon that is going to, the message that he want to give to you. Sometimes it's just one sentence which you will hear and it will change your situation. Which will you will hear, it will change your future. Which you will hear, it will begin to, to, to set things right. Hallelujah. Amen. Then sometimes word of God is meditation. And as we meditate, we are waiting for him to speak. I've realized that in every sermon, there's a place where God begins to speak, where God takes over. Sometimes when we start, we're just starting afresh. We're starting to meditate. We're meditating upon that word. So now later, there's time that I can, even myself, I can tell that now in this word, God is taken over. The message is no longer my, it's no longer our message. It has become his message. Then that means be alert of that in the word of God. Be expected of that in the word of God. That in the word of God, God will speak. Then what, that's what's going to happen tonight that God said tonight when we speak, when we're going to be meditating on this word of tonight, he will speak to us. I'm waiting for that. Okay, let us go straight to the word of God. What the verse that we shared today from the book of John chapter 1, from verse number 8. He himself was not the light. He came only to witness to the light. The true light gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world and 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not receive him, recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children not born of natural descendants, nor of human decision, nor or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and make his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Okay, verse number eight, the Bible says that. He himself was not the light. He came only to witness to lie to the light. You know, you will not really understand verse number eight if um, we don't really start from verse number six. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to witness and to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. Okay. That means the Bible here, first of all, is talking about John. That there was a man who was sent from God. This man's name was John. It's talking about John the Baptist that John was sent from God. When he was sent from God, his main duty was to introduce Messiah. He was introduced the light. He was intro to introduce Jesus Christ. But he himself was not the Messiah. He was sent to represent, to talk about the Messiah, to introduce the Messiah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. John's special assignment was to do what? Was to introduce the Messiah. Was to introduce Jesus Christ to the world. Yet, he was not the Lord himself. He was here to talk about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> to introduce that he is the one. Then that means John was an introducer. He was introducer of Jesus Christ. He did many things, John, in his ministry. He baptized lost. Many people repented. But the main purpose of his ministry was only to introduce Jesus to say that, hey, the one that other prophets have prophesied about that is going to come. The one who, other, other one who have talked about that, Hey, the Messiah is going to come. Now he have come. Jesus Christ have come. This is the one whom the sandals are not worthy to untie. He was there to say that this one is the one, the look at the Lamb of God, who came to take away all the sins of the whole world. That was his main purpose, to introduce Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He was here to introduce Jesus Christ. Wow, what a work. What a work. 
What a wonderful work to introduce. No wonder after when you have introduced Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how he left this world, he left this world. Because the main purpose of his life was to introduce Jesus Christ. That's all. He was here to introduce Jesus. I want you to get that one. He was here to only introduce Jesus. And you know what Jesus Christ said about John? Stand up. What Jesus Christ said about John? Jesus said, John is the greatest prophet. So that there is no one greater than John among those who are born by women. John was the greatest prophet of all of the of the Old Testament. He was the greatest prophet because of the job that he was going coming to do to introduce Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when we say that John was the greatest prophet, yet John. There was no record that he performed any miracle. There's no record of that. There was no record that he performed any miracle instead of something that he did which was special. He baptized. Yet John, the Bible said that was what? Was the greatest prophet. You know why John was the greatest prophet? What others talk about and did not see, John saw. They talk about the coming of Jesus Christ, but they don't see Jesus. John saw Jesus. And he had a privilege to introduce Jesus, to baptize Jesus himself. Amen. That made him to be so special. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm saying to you, also me and you, if you have a privilege to introduce Jesus Christ in your life. You become special. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. If you have got the privilege to talk about him, to represent him, you are special. That's why the Bible said that Jesus said that whoever will talk about me before men, I also will talk about him before my Father in heaven. And Jesus said that whoever will be ashamed of me before others, I also will be ashamed of him before my Father in heaven. But he said that whoever will talk about me before others, I also will talk about him before my Father in heaven. Because when you talk about him, you become special. But there's something there about John. The Bible said that even the least in the kingdom is greater than he. Do you know why the Bible said that even the least in the kingdom is greater than he? The least in the kingdom, anybody who was to be born, who is born again, is the least in the kingdom. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. The Bible, Jesus said that the least in the kingdom is greater than the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Who that person was who? Was John. Amen. Amen. I don't know whether you are getting that one. Amen. 
Amen. Jesus said, the least, the very least in the kingdom is greater than the greatest prophet of all, which is John the Baptist. The least in the kingdom. Me and you who are born again. I want you to get that one that you are in the kingdom. You are those who are in the kingdom. We are greater than John the Baptist and greater than all the prophets of the Old Testament because we are what? We are born again. John was not born again. The prophets of the Old Testament, they were not born again. Me and you, we are born again. That means me and you, we have received the, the God kind of life. We have received the God kind of life. Jesus Christ is in you. They do not have Jesus in them. Me and you, we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. He's inside of me. He's inside of you. Yet, no matter how God used them in the Old Testament, they did not have Jesus in their heart. Amen. But look, me and you, we have got Jesus Christ in our hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. Then you find that there are Christians who doesn't understand these things. Who doesn't understand who they are in Christ. Who we have become. And you find that the whole Christian want to be like a prophet of Old Testament. The whole Christian. If any Christian want to be like, want to be, there's nothing wrong if you want to achieve what they have achieved. But if you want to be like those of the Old Testament, it's because you don't know who you are in Christ. That in Christ, hey, in Christ, you have received the God kind of life. You are the child of the living God. You are the son of the living God. That's why the Bible is saying, the Bible is saying in the book of um, John chapter 1, verse number 12 and verse number 13. The Bible says that, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children not born of natural descent or of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Yet to all who did receive him. To those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of the real children of God. Amen. You are the Amen. child of the living God. Amen. Jesus Christ is Amen. not only the Lord, he is your brother. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Then that's why, if you want to be those of the Old Testament, most of the time, it's like you are, you are downgrading. It's like you are downgrading because you have received the higher grace of being what? The child of the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's what Jesus said that. Even the least in the kingdom is greater than he. He's talking about the least. Somebody who just entered the kingdom. Somebody who's just born again. Who have not done anything. Jesus Christ, they are greater than John. And John is not just anybody. He's a prophet. The, the Bible, Jesus, when he referred to John, he's, he's the greatest of them all. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. If you know that you are, you have received this wonderful grace, that in the New Testament you are greater than John. The man, hey, Makala Bruskata Bahaya. Let's read verse number six so that you can understand very well what I'm talking about. The Bible said there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Let me tell you this. The person who the Bible, Jesus Christ said that you are greater than he. The Bible said that this man was sent from God. This man was sent. He was not sent from someone. He was sent from above. He was sent from heaven. Yet the Bible said that you are greater than he. Amen. You are greater than he. Because you are not only sent from heaven, you and me. We are from heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know whether we are from what? We are from heaven. Heaven. Amen. Let me tell you this. You, the real you, is not this body you are talking, you are thinking about. Even John was having this body like me and you. But what the Bible said that he was sent from heaven, it was his inner person, his spirit. Then when you talk about this outer body, yes, is the one that was, which were born physically from our parents. But the inner person was coming from what? From God, was coming from heaven. Then also you and me, we belong to heaven. We are from heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you say I'm from heaven? I am a heavenly citizen. In the name of Jesus. Somebody may be saying that, where are you coming from? Talking about these countries and stuff like that. We are from above. We are not of this world. We are coming from what? We are coming from above. We are the children of the Most High. We are the children of God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what the Bible says. I repeat. John chapter 1 verse number 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. We have been given the right to be the children of the living God. We are the children of the living God. Papa God is our father. Hallelujah. Even that's why one day the Bible said that his disciples they say that Jesus teach us how to pray. When they say teach us how to pray, he said that, say that my father, our father who art in heaven. Our father who art in heaven. Even when he came back to life, he said that, go to my brothers and tell them, to my brothers and tell them, and say that I'm going to my father, your father, to my God, and to your God, because through his grace, through his life, through his blood, we have become the children of the living God. 
Amen. And this Amen. is something that you and me as a Christian, we must be conscious about. Yeah. We must be conscious about. It must not be something Amen. that you become conscious when you when you go to the service, when you start praying, it must be something that you you are aware and you are conscious of 24 hours a day. Seven days Amen. a week, 365 days a year. Because you are heaven citizenship and you are child, you are God, that you are the son of God. It comes with the spiritual blessings and spiritual benefits. That those spiritual blessings and benefits, you access them by faith. You access them by what? By faith. You don't access them by hey, that it is just natural no you access those benefits by faith hallelujah Amen. and part of accessing them is when you are aware of it when you are aware of it now let, let me tell you something you know when you are aware of it, you will be aware that you are a child of the living God more than you are aware of your surname. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. More than you are aware of your surname. More than you are aware. You know, in the Bible, it's, you know, most of all, you, you find that they did not talk about mostly the surnames. If you're reading it very well, you will understand that that um, few people, that's why they will say Mary Magdalene, but it's talking about their past. Just to make sure that to differentiate maybe from Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. Um, Bartimeo, son of Timaeus, it just is, is, is his introduction. But when he talks about Apostle Peter, Apostle Peter who? Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul, who? Because their names were important, but their surnames were in Christ when they're born again. I want you to get that one. Before they're born again, yes. Before they're born again, yes. Their surnames were important, but once they're born again, their surnames are not important because their surnames are in Christ because they are the children of God. Amen. When then you can only be aware of your surname if you are trying to claim earthly benefits of your surname, of your family ship. But if you are claiming of uh, things of above, they are you in Christ. They are swallowed by our in Christ. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Amen. They are swallowed. If you want to claim heavenly thing, is that you are in Christ. That's what matters the most. You are in Christ. Then that's what the Bible to those who God begin to use. It was mostly the most that you were born again. You are in Christ. After that, you are a heavenly citizen. 
And, and I want, it's important that we begin to think that way and we begin to act that way. Because the moment you begin to think that way, that's when you begin to claim what your father owns. Your father whom it's God Almighty, who the Bible says that is the creator of heaven and the earth. Amen. That must blow your mind. Amen. That must blow your mind. Just to know that you are father. The Bible says he is the creator of heaven and the earth. Can we just go to the book of uh, of Psalm 24? I want to show you something there. 24 verse number 1. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It's talking about our Father here now. That the earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let me tell you this. If you hold on unto your earthly citizenship and your, your familyhood, that's when you will find that, okay, let's say maybe on the earthly origin, your surname is Nebutanda like mine. Nebutandas, they are from a place called Venda. You will be bound with the vendor for the rest of your life. And that's what you're going to be thinking about because it's associated with the previous portion of the world. But if your father, who artists in heaven, who created heaven and earth, you will be knowing that the whole world belongs to my father. And you will be claiming the whole world thereof. You are not bound to a certain region. I don't know whether you're hearing what I'm saying. Yeah. Everything belongs to your father. The moment you begin to think that way is the end of your struggle. Many people are struggling in life because they are holding the most on their earthly identity than their heavenly identity. In our earthly identity, there is full of struggles because you say, I'm still looking for connection. But if now you are connected with the greater than the greatest, the creator of heaven and the earth, your father who owns everything. Hallelujah. Amen. And I can assure you, if you know that God Almighty is your father, you are from above, and you begin to believe that way, to practice, to practice that way, to pray that way, I'm telling you, your prayer life is going to change. Amen. It will be instead of, instead of, hey, I'm looking for a job in the mind. <laughs> You will be going like, I'm, God, give me a mind. I don't know whether you hear what I'm saying. Amen. You will be saying, God, give me a mind. Why are you asking for a mind? Because your father created heaven and the earth. Then a job is too small. A job is too small from our father. Because imagine Amen. from the whole world that your father owns. And you say, hi, if, if, if now maybe you belong to, you are still thinking like you belong to the world, you will be asking God, give me a house. It's too small. But if you know your father owns heaven and earth, you will be asking for the whole estate. Father, give me the estate. 
Because the, the, the earth is too big. How can you ask for something so small? I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Our Father owns heaven and the earth. And I want you to begin to think that way. I don't know whether you are Amen. hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Yes, our Father owns heaven and the earth. He doesn't own a village. He owns the whole earth, including China, including India, including America. He owns everything. Begin to think that way. Okay, can we just go tonight to the book of Galatians chapter 4? I want to show you something there. Galatians chapter 4, let us read from verse number 1 going downwards. The Bible said that what I'm saying is that um, as long as the hair is under age, it's not different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the hair is subjected to the guardians and trustees until the set time by his father. So also, we are under age. We were slavery under the elementary forces, elementary spiritual forces of the world. But God, okay, this one, is talking about you are a Christian, your father owns everything. But unless you grow in knowledge, you grow in the relationship with God. You are not different from a servant. You are not different from those who are in the world. When you don't know these things that your father, when you don't know, and when you have not fully grown in the things of the spirit, you, are, you cannot be trusted with what the father owns. That is important that we grow in, in Christ, in the word, in understanding him. We grow in the relationship with him. We grow in fellowship with him. Then he can begin to entrust things. Us things. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we would have grown in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why so what I'm saying is that as long as the hair is under age, it's not different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, he's saying that. Let's say that, you know, you know. Let's say this. There is a, a certain man. This man is very rich. But you have got the child who's two years old, three years old. Even though he wants to give five cars to his child, do you think he can give? He can give those five cars to his to the two-year-old son? Absolutely not. He will wait for that child to do what? To grow up. And when that child has grown up, he will give that child to be in charge of what belongs to him. I don't know whether you hear what I'm saying. Amen. Then also in Christ, our Father owns everything. Everything belongs to our Father, but we have to grow up in authority. We have to grow up in fellowship with him. We have to grow up in knowledge. And sooner or later, there are things that he's going to begin to give us to be in charge of. But begin to think that your you are, you are father 
the most is your heavenly father. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. By that only, lots of barriers will fall off. I don't know. Lots of limitations. But if you begin to think that way, act that way, believe that way, lots of barriers will automatically fall off. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. Then you think when you know that your father, it's, I, I, I'm not saying, I'm saying when you think, when you know that your father is God, the creator of heaven and the earth, the greater I am. Do you think who can stop you? No one. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If your father is God Almighty, who can bewitch you? <laughs> Amen. I don't know whether Amen. who can bewitch you. Amen. No one. Amen. If you know your father is God, can a sickness affect your life? Which sickness? How? No. Now I'm saying to if you if you can be aware of it and you believe this from today, many 99% of all attacks falling off. I'm, our Father who art in heaven, I'm talking about, is the one whom the Bible says, all things are possible with God. That thing that you used to think about, and you think about, for you to own this petrol station, to own this petrol station, maybe this thing is too big for you. You're not going to think it's too big. It's nothing. It's just one of them. And after that, you're not going to claim one. You're going to claim 10 of them. 20 of them. Because your Father is too big. All the barriers of impossibility, they will fall off. Let me tell you this. The problem of many people is that they are looking in many situations by the physical eyes, by their natural eyes. Yeah, it's about, it's about the time we see things from above. Amen. You begin to think like a god. Amen. Ah, Amen. I don't know whether Amen. you are hearing Amen. what I'm saying. Amen. God give birth to a God. A dog give birth to a dog. Monkey give birth to a monkey. Lion give birth to a lion. Then also you, Amen. your gods, begin to stare at God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I can assure you many limitations when you begin to think this way, they will just automatically fall off. And everything will begin to be possible with you also. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. It's about time. We take over the world and we rule with the Father, the what? The whole world. When we begin to think and act like his children, but the problem is that many who are God's children, they are, they are thinking, they are planning, they are acting like mere men. They are acting like men. They are competing like men. Can't you know? We are from above. We are from heaven. 
I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. Can you say I'm from above? I am from above. I'm from above. I'm from above. I am from heaven. I am I am unstoppable, unkillable, undestructible. Do you see now you cannot be sick? Do you see now? When you say, I will never be sick. You are the child of the living God. Can a God... Do you think there was a day in heaven they said that Papa God today is not feeling well in heaven? There is nothing like that. It doesn't exist. Amen. I don't know what you heard saying. Amen. There is no day they say Papa God cannot answer prayer. It's not well today. Heaven, there is no day like that. Papa God is forever healthy, he's forever powerful, he's uh, forever glorious. Also, if Papa God cannot be sick, therefore we can't be sick. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There is no time when they say that God is poor, he can never be poor. Then that's why I'm saying today, where is poverty coming from? Can you say I will never be poor in my life? We can never be poor. Why? We are from above. There is no poverty where we come from. Halabaya. Amen. There is Amen. no poverty where we come from. In our in our heavenly family, we are rich. The streets are made out of gold. Amen. And because this world belongs to our Father, therefore we claim and we shall experience the best of the land in Jesus' name. Amen. It's time. It's about time. And you plan to have houses all over the world. Plan to have houses all over the world. Amen. Yes, plan it. You are a child. Begin to think it. Begin to believe it. Amen. In the spirit, Amen. no limit. Everything belongs to our Father. Amen. I'm telling you, even when you arrive on that country, hey, these things, whether you belong to this country, it in the spirit as a child, it does not exist. The whole, ah, why do you limit yourself to that country that which your physical person has been born? No, we don't limit ourselves. Our Father created heaven and the earth. Then doesn't matter which country they name, which name. All of these countries belongs to our Father. Therefore, we are growing, and we're gonna take our rightful possession, and we're gonna take off, take them. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know whether you are hearing Amen. what I'm saying. Amen. Can you say no more limitation in my life? No more barriers in my life. I am unstoppable. In the name of Jesus. Do you know that what our father has said? He said, all the silver and gold belongs to me. That's Papa God. He said that silver and gold is mine. Amen. Then Amen. silver, if silver and gold, it belongs to our Father, so it is 
powers. Amen. Amen. The, the silver and the gold is the best of every land. It's all the it's ours. That company owning the mine, they are mining your minerals there. Begin to think that way. That's why you need to be a shareholder. They can just they can just take those. You have to be a shareholder there. You have to be a director of that company. Begin to think and believe it, and you shall see it because Amen. it is so in the spirit. Amen. That is how to be so in the physical. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what you have heard, what we have heard tonight. What we have heard tonight, if you believe these things tonight. Oh, you are, I don't know where you are going to be. I don't know. What you, what, you, what you have received today is more than a prayer. Amen. If you know this and you believe this and you experience this, wow. I'm saying to you, your prayer life is going to change completely. Amen. Amen. Because you are the child of God who is the creator of heaven Amen. and earth. And that's what Amen. you need to be aware of. That's what you must believe. And that's what you must begin to act. When you know that your father is the one who put in prison, you know that this prison, we have put him with our father. Amen. Amen. Listen to me. Our father is the one who's blessing everyone in this world. He's the one. Then you will realize that those who think they are on top, they are subjected to you. Amen. I don't know whether you are hearing what I'm saying. Amen. They think they are on top, but they are are subjected to you because they are working for your father's company. Hey. Amen. Your father is the one who is the greater than the greatest. Mightier than the mightiest. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Say, I am being. I am the head. I am not the tail. In the name of Jesus. Just pray tonight, praying for the manifestation of these things in your life. For you to believe these things too much, begin to pray, begin to pray. Come 
I want to say to you, congratulations, hallelujah. From his presence, just claim every blessing that you want. Claim every victory you want. Claim every blessing you want. Claim everything that belongs to our Father. Claim the cars, claim the houses. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. As we are wrapping up, I just want to say this. Something emergency. We're going to have an emergency fasting next week. From Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. For, for the four days. It's not. It has nothing to do with the month, other month. It's emergency fasting. Amen. We are going to be praying and fasting for the king, his kingdom to manifest in our lives. Amen. Amen. We want this Amen. same this time, let your kingdom manifest in our lives. Amen. Amen. That is for that uh, four days. And let us remind each other from Tuesday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. How it's going to be happening this uh, prayer and fasting? going to be only fasting from 12 o'clock midnight until 6 o'clock in the evening. And you will be eating in the evening. Hallelujah. Mm. Amen. You will be eating in the evening during the day. Those who can't, you can, you can drink. But those who can, you can go dry. It's fine. That's going to be happening for four days, for the whole four days, Tuesday until Friday. And uh, we are combining it as we are uh, going to be having a special service, special weekend that following week. We are saying that on, that on that special service of that end of the month, we are praying for the kingdom of God to manifest in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For this special service that's going to be there in Musina, we're praying for it at the same time that after that, things must, under, it must happen in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow, what I've heard today, wow, uh, I, I, I can tell the Lord was telling us this is another thing. Anyway, because of the kind of the net. Can we share the grace? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The love of God. 
the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The fellowship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit.